Our scripture this morning is from Acts 2, verses 1 through 21, and I'm reading from the NIV uh, Bible version. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of our Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The scripture that Ms. Marilyn shared this morning comes from the, the Pentecost story in Acts chapter 2. We usually hear this 50 days after Easter. It's the, the telling of Pentecost. So it's not Pentecost Sunday. Some of you are like, I didn't get the memo to wear red. Some of you did. Um, but this is, this is what we're sharing today in, in connecting the story of being built. I also want you to be aware that my husband is not here and he gave me this passage to preach on. So if I say Pentecost too many times, he owes you all $5. So there you go. <laughs> but I love that our choir shared with us a, a song in Latin as we hear of different languages being proclaimed, coming together. But may God grant us peace this day in hearing the word of God 
and responding to how God is stirring within us. And may God grant us peace as we go out and live how he's called us to. What I love about this passage of scripture is people have been trying to explain this event, this this coming of the Holy Spirit for years since it happened. There have been scholars that have tried to break it down and tell the story in different ways. And I want to share with you a, a common interpretation about that. In fact, I have two versions of it, so, so bear with me. But I want to look at two ways that these stories tie together. The Tower of Babel and then the story found in Acts 2 of Pentecost. So the first version goes like this. In the beginning, God was perfect. The Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit, they formed a, a perfect community. One day, they created the universe and humanity. They created them male and female, and it was a perfect situation. Everyone was happy. But then one day, the man and woman disobeyed God. Sin entered into the picture and messed everything up. Humanity fell out of that perfect community with God and we were plunged into this darkness of sin, completely lost and and separated from God. And then the rest of history has been an attempt to bridge that gap between God and man or humanity. So we move a little bit forward and we see from the Tower of Babel narrative found in Genesis 11, the story. Genesis 11 verse 4, humans had multiplied and decided that they were going to build a city and a tower that reached to heaven. They said this, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, will be scattered over the whole face of the earth. God looks upon this construction project and he says again in Genesis 11, picking up at verse six, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over all the earth and they stopped building the city. So in other words, God thought, oh no, if we don't do this, then the humans will be like us. Then what will we do? And in my mind as a child hearing this story growing up, I said, we must zap them, right? That's what God does, zaps people. We must curse them in multiple languages so they won't be able to build a tower tall enough to reach us. Time goes on, and again in this first telling of comparing, God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin and to bridge the gap so that people could come back up to God the right way. Then, at Pentecost, God sent the Spirit to draw people from all the corners of the earth to reverse the scattering that had happened at Babel, to unite them as one group and show them the ladder of Jesus that they could climb to escape the dark world and be united with God again. The Holy Spirit showed us how through Jesus we could be with God. Now that's pretty much how I understood it growing up. 
That's how one of my preachers made the connection and it just kind of stuck with me. We sinned, we were working to fix that sin, so we thought let's, let's come together and do something big and, and go to God and God said, nope, zap. And we were scattered. But then at Pentecost, we came back together. But let me tell it a little bit differently. You see, in the beginning, God, the creator, redeemer, sustainer of life, three diverse persons living in dynamic relationship of the Trinity created a diverse and vibrant universe full of wonderful creatures and very complex systems. God created humanity in the midst of this complex diversity. And as it says in Genesis 1, 28, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Humans were to go out and fill the earth. They were to scatter and be part of this complex system that was created. That's why we were created. Then we get to the story of Babel. The people said, let us build a city and a tower. Now, I don't know if many of you are history scholars, but what is the reason people build cities or towers? They build them to close themselves off and protect themselves from the scary things that are out there. They said, let us make a name for ourselves. They wanted to be the most important thing on earth. And they forgot about God, the giver and sustainer of life. You see, I believe that the sin of Babel was two parts, twofold. One, they did not fill the earth like God told them to. No, they came together and closed themselves off from the earth, from the people of the world. And two, they were seeking their own name, not the name of God. Not what God was challenging them to do and inspire them to go and be. Perhaps it was not that God was afraid of the humans building a tower that would rival God, but God was disappointed that people were not fulfilling the purpose of creation. They weren't scattering and they weren't staying connected to God's name. They had forgotten that God is the source of life. They were living a life of fear isolation and self-sufficiency. So when God scattered them and gave them multiple languages, God wasn't punishing them. God was helping them to fulfill their original blessing. You see, the diversity of language and culture in humanity is not a curse, but it's a reflection of the beauty and the complexity of who God is. Jesus came to show us how to live a life that reaches out to all people in love and does everything to give the glory and honor back to God, the giver of life. I want you to notice two things from our scripture passage that Ms. Marilyn read. One, she nailed the names that were shared, so kudos to that. <laughs> I kind of run through those real quick, hoping nobody looks, but... But in Acts chapter 2, verse 8, 
It says that every person heard the message in their own tongue, their own language. This is not a reversal of what God did at Babel. This is God reaching out to each person where they are within that person's native culture and language and meeting them there. Also, where did God bring the people? God didn't bring us to to one city and one tower to one place. God brought all to be together, to be reunited. But they heard the message And then they went back to their own countries in their own language. You see, God's mission is not to form a single culture that looks and acts and talks just like us sitting in this room today. But the mission of God found in Acts, the last verse that was shared today in our scripture, Acts 2.21, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the calling of our heart. That's what God is challenging us to do. But too often, our tendency is to live a life of fear. We tend to build walls around ourselves instead of building together. This series of being built was was focused really around one verse in Ephesians 2, verse 22. In fact, Jonathan preached on it for two consecutive weeks. I don't know if y'all noticed, but two weeks of bringing it up. So I share with you again, Ephesians 2, 22. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Are we being built together with the body of Christ, with the people around us, the world in which we live? Are we focused solely on being built into our own little social club that stands up and sings a couple songs and gives some money and then walks out the door? Are we being built where God is dwelling within us to take to the world the message of salvation that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? Are we afraid and want to build walls in the physical place to keep others out instead of living the calling and mission of Christ to share his love? Are we like society and tend to be self-serving. Forget that God is the giver of life and it's God's name that is to be praised and not ours. You see, I believe the Jews were doing that in Jesus' day. They walled themselves off from the Gentiles and thought that the mission of God was to get people to come inside the walls of Israel in order to be saved. That's the way we've done church for years. You come to church instead of taking church to the world. The scripture we read tells us that the Spirit empowered the disciples to engage in the ministry they were called to. The Spirit enabled them to honor the diversity within the unity of the body of Christ, the one body of Christ of all who believe in Jesus. 
The Spirit gave them the power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to restore the disenfranchised. The Spirit gave them knowledge and wisdom about how they should live together and serve one another in their community. If you keep reading in Acts 2, it says they sold everything they had and gave to anyone who had need. The Spirit reveals the inner life of God, a life of ongoing love and fellowship between Father and Son. The Spirit gave the apostles the words they needed to preach the good news to the nations. It was the Spirit that enabled the disciples to travel throughout the region and even further doing what Jesus did. And it was the Spirit that did this, binding them as the body of Christ in the communities they found themselves in, the communities they went to, the groups that were in need bearing witness to the ongoing work of Jesus in the world. I believe without the Spirit, the believers would have been powerless to do or say anything about God, even though they had faith to become children of God. And the same is for us. We'd be powerless without the Spirit of God moving in us. So what is the Spirit speaking to you today? This this Pentecost narrative we read is not meant to be a one and done, the, I think it's May 19th this year. So mark your calendars and wear red that day, but it's meant to be a stirring of the spirit within us today to, to hear the word of God in our language, in our stories, and to take it to the world that needs it. I believe God's mission moves us in the opposite direction that we sometimes get so comfortable in. You see, we, we get up and we come to church, to a building, and we worship and we sing songs and we feel good about ourselves and, and then we leave and we might go and eat and, and feel good and then go home and that's our world, that's our comfort zone. But how many people have we missed? How many people have we stepped over just to stay comfortable? Have we ignored or become so numb that we don't hear the Spirit challenging us? I remember in, I think I was 16, and I went on a mission trip with my boyfriend's church, and, and the idea behind that is I was going off with my boyfriend, so you already know where my heart was in this, right? So we go to the, the trying, you know, deep, dark city of Tybee Island. <laughs> and we were going to bring Jesus to the people there. We'd wake up in the morning and we'd go to the beach and we had games ready to play with people. Of course, we wore our, our one piece and shorts because we were going to be separate from the world and not live a life that everybody else was in those scantily clad. It's the beach. People are going to wear little things. But we were different, right? And so we spent the day doing that and, and then at night we'd get up and we would prepare ourselves and we'd go to a restaurant. This is, this is a powerful mission trip, you can already tell, right? <laughs> We've played on the beach and now we're going to eat, so we're, we're serving. And so we'd go to the restaurant, but the goal was to, to bless the people around us. 
to bless our waiter or waitress, to, to bless the people sitting near us and to be an example that God is working in and through us. And then we'd go back to our beach village house that we were staying in and have worship together. It was so insular. And it was all about us. What we were going to do. We prayed and asked for, for direction. We said some of the good words, but everything we did at that trip was about making us feel good. And I feel like that experience right there was Tower of Babel. God should have come in and zapped us right there. Sent us back home and figure it out. But that situation, that, that experience that I had, I did break up with my boyfriend. But that experience brought me to a place where I realized that some of these trips and these things we do tend to be about us. Is today about us? Is this worshiping about us or is it God doing something? Are we open enough to hear the Spirit of God speaking into our lives? into our circumstance, into our stories, and then taking it to people. You see, we come together as one, as the body of Christ. Our communion liturgy is so beautiful for me that I get choked at times saying it, that we would be one in Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. May we not be comfortable just sitting in these seats and going home and, and eating and then calling it a day. But may there be a stirring in our heart that as we are being built together in this community, but together with the communities around us, that we are being built as the faithful, loving, serving, following mission of God people. We are redeemed because of what God is doing in us. God calls us out of our self-serving and fearful ways and asks us to serve him into a life of, of generosity, of trusting in God through Jesus and with the power of the Holy Spirit usually don't ask a preacher to send us out, but may we be sent out uncomfortable because we have a broken and hurting and lost world around us in need of the saving grace and the peace that only God can provide. If you have that peace, share that peace, give that peace, honor the peace of God within you that others may know. We ended that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But there are so many that need to call on the name of the Lord. I want to share with you one final passage of scripture as I wrap up this morning. And again, it's Ephesians chapter 2. I'm pack, backing it up a little bit, verses 20 to 22. And this version is the message version, which is a modern day paraphrasing of scripture. But if you'll follow along, it'll be on the screen. 
It says God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. We have fallen in love with this passage. In fact, it's inspiring us as a calling for Pittman Park, that we would be built, that we would be built as a community of faith, working with communities all around us. You are part of many, many communities organizations, clubs, workforces, school systems. You are part of communities, but we are also part of a land area that has need as its community. We are in a food impoverished area. We see this. We are in a community where people do not hear or possibly even know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So as we are being built together, we continue to be built in the world around us as the people of God, spreading the message of love and hope with the Spirit's filling of us to take this message of salvation to a hurting world. Are you able? Are you willing? Are you being built this day to serve God faithfully? Let's pray. God, challenge our hearts, our minds, and put our feet and hands to action. May the words we proclaim to those around us share your great love. May you continue to speak into our hearts, inspire us through service that we would be a changed people, knowing that, that while we may be the church gathered here, we are not it all. But that the church outside of these walls, the body of Christ, has work to do. So send us. Send us with an uneasiness of spirit to ask, who is my one? Who are the people that you are asking me to reach, God? Send us with the voice and the language of the Holy Spirit to, to talk to people where they are, that they would hear in their own tongue, and their own circumstance. Send us that we would go to all the earth and multiply it for the kingdom of God. Fulfilling the message that all will be saved. Speak now, Lord, for we are listening. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.